Hey there, it's Kate Swoboda, also known as Kate Courageous. I'm the creator of YourCourageousLife.com, the director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification at TeamCLCC.com, and I'm the author of the book, The Courage Habit, which is available at booksellers everywhere and of course at Amazon. And as you might have guessed, I'm the host of this podcast, the Your Courageous Life podcast. We're going to talk about going after what you want and living a more courageous, emotionally resilient life. I might drop a couple of F-bombs, so don't listen with your kids in the backseat. And here we go. Hey, everybody. Today, we're talking about how to know what you want. And I think even if you're someone who tends to believe that you always know what you want, um, you don't usually go, well, but I don't know. Do I want this? Do I want that? The questions I'm going to ask today are going to be helpful check-ins for yourself. So here we go. Now, we can start with the obvious that knowing what you want can be really critical to actually creating in your life what it is that you want. Although... I tend to believe that if you even have something of a ballpark and a real openness to following serendipity, aligning how you feel with joy, moving in the direction of the things that delight you, even if you don't have a really measurable, tangible goal of some kind, you can still end up in a pretty great arena. In fact, just deciding that you're going to open to delight And just go, what I want is to open to delight is a pretty great way to start off on this process. And I think often we we overcomplicate things a little bit. And so this becomes like a little (sighs) deep breath. Like it actually doesn't need to be super crazy difficult. Okay? We can keep it kind of simple. And I totally get it. When life feels like kind of low-grade, gritchety, and and like it's not quite right, don't know what I want and I kind of want this but then I change my mind I kind of want that it's like okay let's get a little bit focused here and to focus the first place I'll start is this often when we tell ourselves that we quote-unquote don't know what we want we're lying to ourselves think about that for a minute do you really not know what you want or Do you know what you want, but you think that it's just not possible, realistic, et cetera, et cetera? Are you like, well, I know what I want. What I want is to quit my job and write my novel, but nobody gets everything they want. Is it, well, I mean, yeah, sure. If you're asking me if I could have anything I want, I'd want this, this, and this. But I mean, like, come on, let's be realistic. Like, if that's what you're doing... You're cutting yourself off from even the possibility that you could get what you want. And that's a really important thing to reckon because you have to understand nobody who ever got their wildest dream got it by going, well, that's my wildest dream, but, you know, (laughs) be realistic. Nobody gets that. Like, it's um, it's not an enlivening strategy to take. And it's not an effective strategy to take. So if you're in that camp where you say, well, I don't know what I want. If you're lying to yourself about that at all, try shifting into the truth of it. Actually, do know what I want. 
and I'm really scared that I can't have it. It's that acknowledging of the fear. So let's assume that you have at least some resonance with that somewhere in your life. And what I find is that everyone, even if they're really good at saying, here's what I want, and they have very clear, they're very clear on that, there's somewhere else in their life where it's an edge and they feel like, I want that, but I, I got to be realistic. That realistic thing is a real dream killer, a real joy killer. And so why not you take a moment to ask yourself, what are those reasons where do you tell yourself it won't be possible? This thing that I really desire just won't be possible for me, for people like me, for my situation, for my circumstances. Take a moment to sit with that question and really contemplate it. I'm going to be quiet for about 15 seconds while you just kind of think, like, what is it you tell yourself you can't have? That's a very very different way to look at this. What is it you want, but you tell yourself you can't have? And why do you tell yourself you can't have that? So you've got your ideas about what those stories of limitation are. And in my book, The Courage Habit, available at fine booksellers everywhere and on Amazon, I have a chapter on reframing limiting stories, which is not just simply reciting positive affirmations. This is looking at the internalized narratives that we carry and asking ourselves, how do those limit us and what could I change? And I've I'll read a little bit from The Courage Habit um, around the section on common stories of limitation. It's on page 134 for those of you who have the book and want to revisit this. As part of uncovering stories, I frequently ask clients to pay attention to the three most common areas where people hold stories of limitation. If you scan your own list of stories you come up with from earlier exercises, and by the way, you can all get many of the exercises by going to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin, where you can join the YCL newsletter and get a bunch of downloadable PDFs that go with the Courage Habit. If you scan your own list of stories that you came up with from the last exercise, you'll probably find that you have stories that are related to one of the following three categories. One, stories of how we were raised. This is the story of the past the parents who were more interested in their addictions than in raising children, the teachers who told you that you wouldn't amount to anything, and the culture that encouraged you to be quiet and not say what you really think. Two, stories about circumstances. These are stories about tough external lim circumstances, limiting progress, such as not having enough time, money, or support for your ideas. Thinking that you're too busy and will get to it later is another story of circumstance. And three, stories about what's possible. These are stories about an inherent, unalterable lack of capability or an assumption that things inevitably won't work out before there's any indication that this would be true. I'm not smart or talented enough. Someone else has already done it, so I shouldn't bother. I'd never finish anyway. No one cares about that but me. I'm too young or old. The moment has passed. Now, as you're thinking about the 
the reasons why what you want couldn't happen for you, you might notice that they fall into one of those three common categories. And I particularly like to ask people to acknowledge that these stories come from very real and painful past experiences that I wouldn't want you to deny, bypass, or gloss over. That's important because I think there's a lot of spiritual bypass in self-help where we try to just go, my past does not determine my future. And it's true, your past does not have to determine your future, but man, if you've walked through some really tough stuff in your life, I have nothing but empathy for that experience. And it's painful and it's hard and that's real. I say in The Courage Habit, I wouldn't want you to deny, bypass, or gloss over those experiences. Parents abuse children, discrimination is real and leaves an impact, and lack of time and money are not just individual concerns, but also reflections of systemic inequalities in our culture. Even though those challenges are very real, the idea here is to see where stories of limitation enter the picture so that those stories can be reckoned with, understood, and acknowledged so that they no longer dominate your life. Rather than pretend that a painful past didn't happen or that everything in the future will always be easy, reframing limiting stories helps you to pragmatically address where you limit yourself and pushes you to see what's possible even if that's hard to imagine. That was what happened in the past and now you can expand your ideas about how you want to live in the present moment. So, here you are. This is what's true. If you want something, you can find a way to get it. People resort to all kinds of ways to get things. And the how is less of a concern initially, the how will it happen, than just simply, what is it that I want? So I want to ask you another question. It's my favorite question to ask whenever I'm feeling stuck. If you could have it any way you want it, how would you want it? If you could have it any way you want it, how would you want it? I'm going to be quiet for a moment while you contemplate that question. If you could have it any way you want it, how would you want it? That question is one that I would really say, let take up residence, let it take up residence in your soul. Let it be a default question. Let it be a check-in. Let it be the gift you give yourself. If you could have it any way you want it, how would you want it? So if you still feel like, eh, well, I know how I want it, but eh, not sure. How do I know what I want? Another tool that I'll sometimes use is try creating some basic metrics for a better life. Instead of pushing yourself to dream some big wild dream, how do you just create basic metrics for a better life than the one you have now? How do you just move it up an inch? One of my favorite things to do in that realm is to look at your life by category and ask what you'd like to see shift in that area. 
Now, there are two ways that you could engage with that if you were interested. Um, one is the free shift plan that uh, all your Courageous Life subscribers get, and it's actually a workbook that you download and you take it piece by piece and you look and see like in this category of my life in the, the realm of spirituality what do I want to shift in the realm of my career what do I want to shift in the realm of money what do I want to shift and that is in the Your Courageous Life library which you can access again it's for subscribers yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin there's another possibility as well, especially for those of you who have already tried the shift plan out, and so you have some idea of this category by category process, and it is the Courageous Living Planner, which looks at some categories of your life. This is also free for subscribers. And then if you wanna take an even more intensive deep dive into what is it that I really want, you can check out the Courageous Living program. Now the program is not free, but it is created by me and it spends the entire first module in a space of creation. There are like six different exercises for you to try out that are all about getting an idea of what you want and then doing another exercise related to clarifying what you want that actually gets you to stretch a little bit that actually gets you to poke at some of these assumptions about what it is that you think you want and are, are you sure you're not holding something in? Are you sure you're not being realistic? Are you sure you're not reining it in, dialing it back? So there's the how do I create basic metrics approach and look at my life by category. There's another way that you could approach how to know what you want and it is another coaching favorite. Ask yourself what you definitely don't want and then choose the opposite. So if you're like, I don't know what I want, it's like, well, what do you know you don't want? And it's very interesting. Um, sometimes working with clients, you'll ask them as a coach, I will ask them, coaches will ask their clients, what is it that you want? And the client, instead of speaking into what they want, they say what all their problems are. They say what they don't want. And that's not the question. The question was not, what don't you want any more of? The question was, what do you want? But I get that sometimes people are backing into it a little bit. So what is it you don't want? I don't want to live any longer feeling like I'm going to be limited by illness. I don't want to constantly be stressed about money. I don't want to be fighting with my partner. I don't want to, da, 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 you know? what I don't want, and then what's the opposite of that? So if I don't want to feel limited by illness in my body, then the opposite of that is I've decided that I am just no longer going to enter into anything related to limitation with my body. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want, and I'm going to do it when I want, and if any illness arises, I'll take a rest, and then I'm going to go back to doing whatever the hell I want. And I got to say, I think it's pretty powerful to decide mindset-wise that you're going to do whatever the hell you want. I, years ago, was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, and for many years I felt very sick. And there was this point I reached a couple years into the diagnosis where I just decided, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just, I'm just not doing this anymore. I don't know. <laughs> Even now I'm sitting here like, I don't know how that climbed up into my head, 
but I just was like, I'm not doing this anymore. And you know what? I don't know how I know this, but this diagnosis is wrong. And one day, someday, I don't know when, I'm going to go in and get my blood work done. And they're just not going to find any evidence of it whatsoever anymore. That's just what's going to happen for me. And I know that in my bones. This is what I'm doing. This is my life. I decide this is what's happening. And I have not been symptomatic since that time. Every once in a while, something crops up and I just go back to, no, no, that's not what I'm doing. So think about this. What is it you don't want? I don't want to feel stress about money anymore. Opposite of that. You know what? I'm going to decide that I, that I love figuring out money stuff. I love it. Why not? I mean, think about the multiplicity of people who exist on our planet, right? There are people out there who actually think it's really cool to balance the books and figure out what money is going where. And like, they're not stressed about it. They're in delight about it. So why not you? Why not? I love working with money. Why not? Every dollar that comes into my life, I'm so grateful for it. And every dollar that's not coming into my life, I am going to decide that, you know, it's with someone else right now. Maybe it's going to come right around back to me. I don't know. What, what makes you feel powerful? Or I'm really tired of feeling stressed about not having enough money in my life. And it makes me feel powerful to decide to work on behalf of income equality systemically. You get to choose. How do you know what you want? Look at what you don't want. Choose the opposite. Be part of the solution. Be part of shifting something. Decide. This is my life and I get to decide how I feel about anything. So I'm going to decide to feel good. And if that's feeling a little too like jumping into the land of affirmations and glitter for you and you're definitely not of that ilk... I would say, ask yourself what you definitely don't want. And by choosing the opposite, make part of your process of choosing the opposite to be processing your anger or pain or negative emotion. So if you feel a lot of despair about systemic economic inequality, and it feels like too much for you to go, I don't want economic inequality, I'll choose to fight to see that change, if that does, if that feels like too much of a leap for you, have a little way station in the middle. I don't like seeing economic inequality in the middle. I'm pissed and I need to feel that. I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm raging, I have, you know, whatever those feelings are. And then see if processing through those emotions gets you to a place where you feel really grounded and you can go, now I see clearly, I want to be part of the solution, or now I see clearly there's a mind shift, mindset shift available for me. Last thing I'll say about how to know what you want. Leave room for something totally different to emerge. There is something to the idea, I think, that we can have faith in divine timing. And again, this is another self-help belief that can be overly spiritualized to have you not really look at pain or disappointment. But I got to say, 
um, the older I get, the more I see that if I had gotten what I wanted at the age when I was convinced I was ready for it or the timing in my life when I was sure it was the right timing and I should have gotten it then, there would have been a ricochet effect where other things wouldn't have lined up quite so perfectly. So whatever that is for you, okay, whatever the things are that you know that you really, really want, one of the ways to decrease your attachment to a result is to leave that room for something totally different to emerge, something potentially better to emerge. One of the examples I'll sometimes give when I'm talking about this concept is to think of a breakup you've gone through. When you go through a breakup, you feel devastated. You feel like, oh my God, this pain, how am I ever going to love again? But the next time you're in a relationship that's a better relationship, it's like, well, thank God <laughs> that other one didn't work out with that commitment phobic guy who like couldn't get it together, you know? Like, there's something to be said for the times when we don't get what we want and trusting that something bigger is what we're meant for. I sometimes like to think that the universe at large maybe knows that our spirits are meant for a certain kind of experience. And again, I, I do check in with myself a lot. Like, am I overly spiritualizing here? Am I trying to, like hold faith for something better in the future so that I can avoid feeling any discomfort, pain, or awkwardness in the right here, right now. So let yourself have the feelings of disappointment at the same time that you trust that there is room for something totally different to emerge. There is room for something better to emerge. And if you want to take the most powerful view I think anyone can take of their lives, it would be to really look and say, here's who I want to be, and who I want to be is a person who trusts in an inherent goodness in my life experience, an inherent um, value in each experience unfolding the way it does, even the painful ones, and that they're there to teach me something. And that I can then powerfully respond from that place. I can then powerfully decide what I want is to trust myself. What I want is to practice faith. What I want is to show my impeccable character amid bad circumstances. It's very hard to do. I certainly don't profess to be an expert at doing that. But as best I can, I try because that's where the lightness enters your life, I think. So thank you so much for listening and being here today. And I hope that today's podcast got some gears turning about how to know what you want and how to question whether or not what you've already decided you wanted is really you stretching into the brilliance and the greatness that you are. I send you lots of love. I hope I see you around social over on Instagram where I am Kate Courageous. Facebook where I'm at facebook.com forward slash your courageous life. You can get more downloadable resources by going to yourcourageouslife.com forward slash begin. And always super appreciative of those of you who leave comments, reviews, wherever you find your podcasts. I see all of them. I see you. It's so appreciated because it helps other people to find out about this podcast. 
and thank you so much for listening.